0: While well, IndyCar's total showdown at Long Beach between part-time barrister Alex Palou and one-time Formula 2 driver Pato O'Ward with the YouTube star Joseph Newgarden and an outsider promises to be a thrilling climax to what has been an epic season all three steps of the Road to Indy also have the championship to be cited, and two of them very much can go either way still. I'm Craig Wallard, and I'm here to chat about the Road to Indy, and the three championships can be decided across USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and the returning Indy Lights Championship with Alejandro Alonso Lopez. And Alejandro, it's, it's sort of been a little bit easy to, to forget the Road to Indy, I suppose, this year. Um, from from our standpoint, because I suppose there's just been so much else on uh, between Formula 1 and Formula 2 and Formula 3 and all the other championships, uh, especially around around Europe, uh, Formula Regional, and all the various Formula 4 championships as well.
1: Yeah, true. We have had lots of action. Well, as usual, perhaps last year we had less championships with Indie Lights, not running due to COVID-19 pandemic. But yeah, they are back this year and of course, even if we also focus on those championships taking place in Europe, we also have a look at what happens in the USA and there we have all those championships, USF 2000, then Indy Pro 2000 and Indy Lights. We have a very tight battle in Indy Lights, indeed, with Kyle Kerbock and David Malukas, separated by just 15 points going into the last round at Mid-Ohio, and then in the Pro 2000, it was Christian Rasmussen leading comfortably early in the season, but in the last few weekends he had, had a couple of bad races which uh, which allowed Braden to, to close the gap. He's now 18 points behind behind Rasmussen. Also, also Hunter McElroy has closed the gap, but he's a bit further behind, just like 40 points, 45 points, if I'm not wrong. And then US 2000, F2000, we have, I think it's Kiko Porto, of course, leading the championship with a much more comfortable gap over Michael Dorando a gap of more than 50 points so we'll see how it pans out this weekend
0: yeah yeah certainly and we'll we'll go into a little bit more sort of detail as to how how the point structure is and, and so forth um, especially if you're not so familiar with the road to wind it can be a little bit complicated with uh in in a similar style to to indycar really where um regardless of where you're you're classified you still score points provided you uh you you take to the track um in in the races and that um but there are fewer points on offer compared to, to indycar um in the races and It's a little bit different with the bonus points as well because I don't think Indy Lights gives a point for fastest lap in the races. So that means that we've got 66 points up for grabs in uh, in the final round of the season at Mid-Ohio, the second visit there um, for for the championships in both USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000, while Indy Lights, which returns from a COVID-19 enforced hiatus, has got 64 points up for grabs um, in its two races. Um, we'll also briefly talk about um, Sochi's Formula 3 decider and uh, potentially the Formula Regional European Championship being clinched as well at the end of the show. Um, but as this weekend is the is the climax of the IndyCar Championship, a championship that I personally have thoroughly enjoyed, IndyCar is probably my favourite form of motorsport out there at the moment. I thought it'd be a good idea to to talk about the, the, the support series and um, to, to see just how things are, are going in there and, and how that's all sort of shaping up as well. Um, it's also very interesting in, in the IndyCar driving market um, as, as followers of, of that championship will be uh, particularly familiar with and um it's a little bit surprised that the that one of the drivers that we've already mentioned in in indy lights terms isn't really in the mix for for a seat at the moment but we'll see how things pan out um so mid ohio as most people know by now uh very fast very flowing circuit um very tight and twisty and technical um and it it is going to be very interesting it's a it's a difficult circuit to, to overtake on as well so qualifying is going to be very very important there no reverse grids in in these championships um, and anything can can very much happen with with cautions and and so forth so i think we'll we'll cover off the the championships and ascending order um, and and talk a little bit about the the season so far so in usf 2000 as alejandro has already said uh D-Force Racing's Kiko Porto is currently ahead of Cape Motorsports' Michael Orlando by f- nearly 50 points, 49 to be precise, um, both were race winners in, in the championship last year, and they carried that momentum on into 2021. Um, they didn't necessarily start the season too well, Christian Brooks and Juven Sandero Morvi of exclusive autos- uh, autosport and Pabst Racing. They, they certainly got the, the jump, but... Um, it, it went the way of Porto and Orlando um, in the middle and in the second um, half of the season. So really for, for Porto, all he's got to do is just keep it going. Um, he's also been massively consistent. Um, when you look at the results, uh, purely if, if Porto can finish all of the races, no worse than any race that he has done this season. His champion. Um, he's not finished any lower than tenth at any point this year, which is um, very impressive uh, in a field as with, with as much depth and as much quality as as the the USF two thousand field. So for D Orlando, it's got a lot of work to do, hasn't
1: he? Yes, definitely. As you mentioned, a uh, lowest. Finishing position by Porto is the 10th back in backing Alabama in the first race of the of the season. So, yeah, it's gonna be tough for the Orlando, but we will see. We will yeah. see what he can do. He is also it's also tough for him because he had uh, a a weekend he couldn't capitalize in both pole positions he had, he achieved in New Jersey last time out. So things turned a bit difficult there for him, but I'm sure he'll give it all to try and get the championship.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, for, for Orlando, I suppose what he's got to do is just try and gun for, for two race wins and, and hope for the best at this point. Um, but it is going to be very tough, but um, I'm sure both drivers will be be looking to move forward into Indy Pro 2000 next year, which is the championship we'll talk about now. So a very nice segue there. Um, Christian Rasmussen, uh, as already mentioned, it, he's leading the championship um, with the Jay Howe driver development program that he um, took the USF title with. And Braden Eves with exclusive Autosport sits 18 points behind. Mathematically, five drivers are in contention but realistically only two are because as soon as Rasmussen takes to the track in in both mm-hmm. of the races he's going to to rack up probably about 22 points which will put um hunter McElray Reese golden and Artem shovel all out of uh, all out of reach so um it, it it's certainly been uh, a strong season for for Rasmussen in in his rookie season um whilst Eves has had to return from a horrible injury at Indianapolis sustained last year. Um, Rasmussen has had a, a, a pretty nasty shunt of his own at Road America, um, but he, he still came through to, to win the following day. Um, but Eves has not done a huge amount of winning in, in, uh, in, in recent rounds. He's only won once um, since the second round of the season, and that was at Gateway. Um, which uh, most people will be aware is a, is a circuit without a right turn. Um, and mid Ohio certainly does have a right turn. So uh, it'll be, it'll be tough to uh, freeze to to come out on top. I think uh, personally, um, but I wouldn't rule anything out is a, is a very quick talented driver. So um, we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Interestingly, I think, um, McIlroy is going to be the, the driver to, to really watch because even though he's not really in in contention um, the recent form that's behind him has taken two wins and a further three podiums from the last five races um, and got the best form of anybody so even if he's not mathematically in contention for the title he's still probably going to have a pretty important role in, in how this uh, shapes out isn't he yeah, definitely. But as if I don't remember
1: badly, uh, uh, Christian Rasmussen last wing was in mid-Ohio in a couple of, of months ago. So it it's pretty much, I would say, that he will get to mid-Ohio again and, and be able to get the, get the job done. So it's going to be difficult, as you said, to, to challenge him, especially with such a small grid. So as soon as, as he finishes the races, he'll grab enough points probably to be crowned champion.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that means he would have gone uh, back-to-back uh, on, on the road to Indy, um, which is a, a very impressive feat, not a huge number of drivers that have come through and win two championships on the bounce um, on the ladder and the, and the scholarships that go with them, which are all the, all the more important um but yeah I, I i do think that uh rasmussen is, is is probably the the favorite for the for the title in in this, this regard as well um we recorded a podcast with him last year so um do go back and 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 listen to that one as he he spoke about life in denmark spending the the, the pandemic over in the states and of course his usf 2000 triumph um Let's move on to to Indy Lights, uh, which I think is probably the most interesting of the of the three um, championships to to discuss. Not least because of the, the the fight itself, but because of the the driver market role when it comes to IndyCar and the the rivalry as well between the teams. Um, the the main protagonists in this and the, and the two that are in in contention are. Uh, Kirkwood, has mentioned, on 488 points and Malukas on on 473. But Kirkwood is the most successful driver in road to Indy history, as in he's won more races than anyone else. He's won back-to-back championships and can go for three in a row, which I'm pretty sure has never been achieved before. When you consider all of his American junior single-seater competition from 2017 to, to now... He's won 54 races from 85 starts, which is a ridiculous uh, conversion rate. Uh, And (laughs) we have this bizarre situation where he's not really in contention for for an IndyCar seat next year, uh, despite being an Andretti junior driver and there being two Andretti seats potentially up for grabs um depending on 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 who you're talking to uh in in those paddocks and that that blows my mind almost a bit more than the the lack of formula two drivers in contention for for a formula one seat um uh, what what are your thoughts on that alejandro
1: yeah it's definitely a shame that he's not really talked to consider he's not really considered sorry for a top Right, uh, right, and uh, in IndyCar, especially and uh, Andretti, which is a team which has been very successful in the in the last couple of years. So we will see. He has had a great run in the last few races with three wins in a row, many podiums, many consecutive podiums, and he he went completely unchallenged challenge in Laguna Seca, which was amazing. The game up. He was able to open just a few laps. No one could really match his pace. He was lapping over one second faster than the, the rest of the field. So we will see he's probably, as you said, the most brilliant talent in the USA we've seen in many years. So, yeah, it's going to be a shame if we don't see him in IndyCar. But hopefully he'll get a top seat somewhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And for for a driver to, to impress so so well with with Andretti and Indy Lights in previous years, maybe perhaps isn't necessarily the biggest surprise ever. But this year, um, with the rise of the HMD outfit, um, especially with its uh, Global Racing Group partnership, um, I do think makes Kirkwood's um, achievements all, all the all the more impressive. Um, they've really come to the fore this year with, with McIlroy, who's been pretty been a bit of a, a surprise package, I think, this year. I don't think that many people saw um, him being necessarily a championship contender um, this year, especially one right at the front. Um, and it took him a little while to, to get going, but um, he, he really sort of overhauled Linus Lundqvist, who people may remember. Uh, obliterated the field in Formula Regional Americas last year, um, and he, he's been really the the only driver to, to challenge Kirkwood, especially over the last twelve races where he literally has been the only other driver to to win a race other than other than Kirkwood, who's who's won eight out of those twelve races, um, including uh, at Mid Ohio, which is where we're going. So um, it's a lot of work for for Malukas to do. Uh, for sure, especially up against uh, a driver as formidable as Kirkwood. But anything can happen in in Indie Lights. And, I mean, Kirkwood's made one or two uh, rare mistakes as well, namely at Road America, where he ran wide and, and damaged his car. So um, I wouldn't consider that uh, this one's completely done and dusted yet. Um, but we should probably talk a little bit more about Malukas because he's, he's a driver who... Um, many believe will will be an in IndyCar next year, regardless. Um, and and like I said, I, I was a little bit surprised that he was a uh, a championship contender this year and such a such a strong uh, force to be reckoned with. Um, Alejandro, what do you make of Malucas's sort of year as a whole, and and his prospects for for an IndyCar drive going forward? Be it with 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 whichever team that that might be, we we uh, still quite a lot of uh, deals to be announced. Um, uh, uh, supposedly, well, al- almost certainly, um, and it doesn't seem like we're going to necessarily get an answer this weekend at Long Beach. He's a fairly good driver, so I think. If
1: things fall into place for him, he can do a, a good job in, in, in the car. I mean, he has had a very good season this year. He already had experience, of course. But uh, last year also, he did a very good championship in Formula Regional Americas. Probably he kept the trend going into this year. He kept the momentum, and that's why he was able to do such a, a great season so we'll see i'm confident that if all fall into place for him he'll be able to be competitive in his in the car position
0: yeah yeah certainly um, uh, and a driver who isn't a title contender but i think we should um briefly mention him anyway is devlin De Francesco because he's uh, heavily linked with a with an indycar seat for for next year after just one year at this level um he sits i think it's sixth in the in the point standings as it stands after um after a, a year in indy pro 2000 as well um after changing his plans following the outbreak of COVID 19 um but yeah that that pretty much covers off the, the road to indy um this year it it It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how that all pans out at mid-Ohio. Not this weekend, but next weekend. But we will talk about this weekend now, I think, um, because we've got some championships that can be decided. Um, Well, one that absolutely will be decided, one that likely will be decided, and one that probably won't be decided, if that makes sense. (laughs) So FI Formula 3 at Sochi, the rescheduled round um, after... Uh, Formula One was having to, to reduce its personnel um, numbers for Austin. Um, Dennis Halger versus Jack Dewan. Um Haug has very much been the the force to to be reckoned with this year. Um, um, but Doohan has had hit, you know some pretty strong runs as well, uh, especially at Le Castellet and at Spa, namely in the wet. So with the weather forecast for Sochi being Damp, I think, to say the least. <laughs> um, uh, do you think that this championship is done and dusted, Alejandro, or can can do an uh, Spring a surprise, especially if the weather is indeed very poor?
1: Sadly, I think it's pretty much done. I mean, the gap is, is considerably huge, even if there are many points... To play, still to play, but to to get to score, but it's it's gonna be difficult. I mean, even if Prema had a terrible weekend, which I doubt because they've been very competitive in Russia in Sochi in the past. I think Howard will manage to to get his talent out and to score. Nasty points to clinch that title so yeah Duhan needs to keep pushing definitely he has to give it all and try to to win all the races starting from race one trying or even to get pole those four points might be crucial at the end of the at the end so he will need to to go all in and and wait for Hager to have perhaps mechanical issues or something like that. That's probably I think that's the only thing or a crash being involved in a crash with other drivers that have nothing to lose because it's the last round and they want to impress because, you know, in motorsport racing, you are as good as your last race. So there will be many people trying to decide their future and trying to get great results in the very last race to impress those teams they, they wanna go with in the in the twenty twenty two season. So yeah Duhang will have to, to wait for that and however will need to ab- avoid those issues just to, to be crowned as a champion.
0: Yeah, yeah certainly. Um, I, I, I am very intrigued to see how this weekend plays out. Um, especially with the weather expected to be as uh, as bad as some people are fearing. Hopefully it's not a complete repeat of Spa, um, but I'm, I'm not overly convinced that the, that the drainage at Sochi is um, among the best in the world. So we will see indeed. But I do think if I was to put money on it, I would probably play it safe and go for Helga, um to be champion. Um. A championship that could well be decided this weekend is Formula Regional European. Um, and you're going to be there, aren't you, Alejandro, at Valencia? Um, that'll be your, your first time running around the paddock uh, for us, uh, chatting to drivers and teams and uh, everyone there. So uh, Gregor Sauci, um not without a bit of controversy, I, I, I must say, um, is... On the verge of, of clinching the championship with a um, with a couple of weekends to to spare, um, and how do you how do you see that one playing out? Because I mean, he's he's won a, a billion races, whatever it is, this season, uh, and no one else really has been able to to sustain uh, too much pressure throughout throughout the rest of the the campaign.
1: Yes, indeed, Gregor sausi has had uh, a very good form throughout the whole season. He has he had just a bad weekend at Monaco. The rest has been excellent. Surprisingly, because he has had he has struggled in the previous years, but I guess the experience with ART helped him to to get so strong. Yeah, as you mentioned I, before, I I'll be there in the paddock trying to to do the best job possible, and of course I'll try to to get some interviews done and perhaps talking with Saucy. Even if even better if he is crowned champion, champion this weekend, we may have some articles, some fresh articles, exclusive articles about him on Monday morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how how that one plays out, but uh, I mean, we couldn't do with another championship being being clinched with how uh, busy this weekend is going to be. Um, And finally, uh, a championship that um, could well be decided, but as highly unlikely as the Euro Formula Open Championship. Um, essentially, Cameron Das has got a one-point lead over Louis Foster. Um, so, if Das totally sweeps the weekend, um, then he will be crown champion on the proviso that Foster doesn't score. But I think that's going to be a little bit unlikely. Um, so we'll we'll say that just on the slight off chance that that could be achieved, but I very highly doubt it. Indeed. Um, on top of that, we've got plenty of other things going on. Of course, there's Formula 2 on at Sochi. Um, uh, as, as you well know, just to, to make my, my own weekend twice as stressful, uh, we've got French Formula 4 on at Monza. Um, we've got British F4 at Silverstone, of course. Um, and there's a little bit of Formula Ford 1600 action on in Northern Ireland as well. Um, On top of that, you've got Formula Regional Americas and USF4 at Virginia. And everyone's favorite championship Formula Regional Japan is at Fuji. So that covers all of that. Um, But yes, do keep an eye out on on FormulaScout.com. We will have um, news and reaction from the new champions. uh, Open bracket, S, closed bracket, just in case we do have multiple champions. Uh, We'll have all all of the, the reports and the um and some features going up after that for sure um we will also hopefully have a interview planned uh, a podcast interview planned at the start of next month but i will keep the identity of whom that driver is under wraps for a little bit um but that that will be exciting nonetheless um but otherwise it is going to be uh a, a, a very busy few days uh for all of us with, with several of us in paddock several of us uh remote paddocking if you will and um everything else on top of that but uh that brings end into this week's podcast so have a fun time at valencia alejandro i will have a fun time at home and not at sochi um and uh that's that. So at, at beer twelve, beer
1: twelve thirty,
0: it will be as always, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm certainly going to need a beer or twelve after, after, after Sunday night. I think, um, but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how things pan out and how quickly I can get uh, all my all my various features and and that done. I will certainly have a feature on the season of our new Formula Three champion um, in the works. Um, for sure, um, but that's been the podcast for the, for this week. We'll be back next week next week with, um, well, I assume some reaction to uh, uh, the crowning of some new champions. Um, but we'll be back next week with another Formula Scout podcast.